This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. I'm your host, James Taylor, and in this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, I will be talking with Dr. Belandra Foster, president at BB Foster Consulting PC, about how engineers can achieve a balance between a professional success and personal fulfillment in their careers. We'll also discuss the importance of role identification in team dynamics and its impact on both project success and individual career development. Let's jump into today's episode. It's now time for our Civil Engineering Conversation of the Week with Dr. Belandra Foster. Dr. Belandra, welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Thank you. How are you? Thank you, for, thank you for having me. Uh, it's it's our pleasure. We, we appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, we're going to jump into some questions here and, and want to get your feedback. But Dr. Foster, can you tell us how your journey in professional engineering has intersected with your personal aspirations for success? Well, I graduated um, salutatorian of my class. I grew up in the Flint, Michigan area. And uh, when I graduated, you know, I was good at science and math, not a genius at it, but I was good at it. And it really wasn't something that was a huge struggle. Uh, so I, you know, went to Michigan State University for my undergrad. And when I started undergrad, I actually was looking at mechanical, industrial, and civil. And one of the ways I made the decision was I looked at the coursework for each one. So I looked at mechanical. There was a couple classes that I said I'll never get through. Like one of them I remember to this day, it was called Vibrations of Machines. And that sounded like something that wasn't too interesting to me. And then right. industrial, um, I really liked the area, but I would have had to leave Michigan State because they did not have an industrial engineering program. And then, so I looked at several, and I really liked the classes, and a few of them relate to concrete design, structural design, you know, building things, seeing things, you know, grow from nothing to something, and I, that really intrigued me. So I made the decision to go into civil and with a focus on structural engineering. So that was my start. Um, the first concept of engineering came actually from my parents, probably around probably junior year or so when I was looking at schools, you know, um, looking at going to college, which was never questioned in my home because my dad was an educator. So, um, but yeah, that was my intro to civil. And then that kind of led to me graduating. My goal was to graduate in four years from the engineering program that they always said was five years. So one of the first things that I did was to sit down with my advisor at Michigan State. I remember to this day, his name was Scott Keeley, wonderful gentleman. And um, we developed a plan so I could graduate in four years. So that included, you know, I worked some summers. I went to school the last summer after my junior year, going to senior year, but I came out in four years. I wasn't one. That's one accomplishment right there. Yeah, I didn't want to, you know, be in school forever. But then, interestingly enough, I went on to, I was looking at getting an MBA and actually it started an MBA program. Um, and then I made the decision to go back and get my, um, degree in, uh, well, actually I was working by then. And let me go back for personally, I actually looked at, uh, when I graduated in structural, 
I actually had a few job offers. One of them was with Bechtel and one was with Procter & Gamble. The reason I chose the Bechtel one when I narrowed it down is because I didn't want, at my young 20-something-year-old age, I said, well, I don't know if, you know, I like it or not. So if I don't ever work as a structural engineer, I'll never know if I like it. So that's why I chose to work for Bechtel. At that time, they had offices in Michigan. And so I was a structural engineer for them. I love the company. Bechtel was a great company to work for, but I did not care for the structural engineering. And maybe it was what I was doing at the time, but nothing against Bechtel. And that transitioned me into doing more infrastructure. So I took a position, got married, took a position with the Oakland County Road Commissions, as it was called at that time, in their road design division. So I was an assistant road design engineer. So that kind of transitioned me into infrastructure. You know, and that was would have been in the mid '80s, so that's a little bit. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. No, that, that, I mean that's great. And and th- you talk about a little bit about your journey and going through and and the, the personal aspirations for you know mm-hmm. you found that you you went for one thing and then tried something different. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about one of these things uh, about the uh, the secret place of importance. I believe is what yeah what it's what so, you call it. So, and how, how does that play a role yeah, in your... The secret place is tied to the spiritual aspect. Um, I grew in a household that was, um, you know, my dad was a Sunday school teacher and, you know, went to church. And I just have always had, you know, wanted to have, even as a child, a, a strong relationship with God. And um, that used to be when I wrote the book, For Love of, um, For Love of Money, Seven Guidelines for Achieving Success in Your Home and Business, one of the chapters was led to have a conversation with God, but that has evolved into more. It's not necessarily always got to be a conversation because what's in that is that one should learn, including, and especially myself, to do more listening than talking. So that secret place for me is where I have to get quiet and really hear the direction that I need to take. Um, my parents passed away, you know, fairly young. I, I didn't have children when my mother passed. And then my dad passed when I was just starting to gain success, some success as an entrepreneur. So it was, it's always been very important to me to have that spiritual guidance mm-hmm. and that discernment to know what direction to take in every aspect, whether it's in my home, with my marriage, and in my business. So that secret place is where I, you know, at this point, as I got older, learned to get quiet and make sure I hear from God and yeah. knowing what direction I need to take for things. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, that listening part is tough. The, yeah. You know, it, it that's that silence, that listening, um, just in general, that's that's a really tough thing. Yeah. And um, so it sounds like you've kind of used that as your guide on on where you're going with your. Perfection. And, and, and say, I've gotten better with it as a kid older, you know, because, um, and then learning to just have discernment and pray for discernment over pretty much anything. Like, you know, and I'm, I'm at a point now where, you know, I, I have my business, but every client isn't meant for me and I'm not meant for every client. And so I'm always, you know, when, when things happen or say we put in a bid or an opportunity and it doesn't, you know, pan out and think, you know, I don't really go kicking doors down, you know, yeah. anymore, you know, yeah, and you, you treat things differently in your twenties and thirties, as opposed to your fifties and sixties. So now it's like 
my mind says more of maybe that one was not meant for me to have because I don't know yeah. what was coming down the pipe. But a lot of times I'll do a lot of referrals. So, and it, not necessarily the client is bad or anything. It's just this may be meant for, to bless somebody else. So that's what I try to do. And there's, you know, a few companies that I was like, you know what? Or someone will come to me and say, hey, do you do this? One of the areas is surveying. You know, I know surveying, I, you know, study that in school, but my companies have never done surveying, but I have great companies that I know that do a good job at that. So I'll do a referral and, hey, give them the work, you know, help them benefit from right. an opportunity. So basically the bottom line is doing things for others that I would want someone to do for me. That's really put it in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and, and that's and that's great, right? And that's the unselfishness mm-hmm. of um, of life, right? Yeah. And it's not all about. Sometimes it's not all about us. Yeah, it's about others as well. What strategies do you recommend uh, for someone identifying their their passion and their purpose, especially when it comes to the field of engineering? And, and a lot of it is, um, you know, how the old saying it's something that you do for free. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there is some truth to that. I mean, of course, you can't continuously work for free because you have to make a living. But right. I'm at a point now where, you know, early in my career, I was like, wow, is this really, my- I-, I like what I'm doing. But when I had my first business and then I moved out of Michigan and closed that business, I really questioned, man, is this really what I want to do? Because I saw some aspects of the industry that really kind of jaded me. And I thought, you know, somewhat of a lack of support, like we were just talking about, hey, you know, helping up reciprocating. Right. A lot of times that is, was not returning. There were, and we go through life and a lot of times there are injustices and wrongdoings, but you have to find a way to get through it. And um, some things that happened to my business and to me, you know, really, you know, hey, they weren't right but you have to find a way to get through it. And that's where it became that going to the secret place, not holding the grudge, not being upset, but you find a way to move on. So in in that vein, you know, there were times I was like, you know, maybe I want to, you know, look at this or look at this aspect. But then there was something that brought me back in. I met some great people down here in North Carolina that asked me to manage a program. And that brought me back into the engineering. So, that things like that tell me, and then doing the work and enjoying the work. But yeah. now I'm at a phase where it's like people, you know, talk about retirement. And I'm like, well, as long as I enjoy what I'm doing, I don't have a desire to retire because retire and do what? You know? <laughs> right. You know, so and- that that's one big aspect for me is that when you're passionate about something and you feel like it's your purpose and then Things that panned out where um, in 2022, I was selected as the Michigan State University Civil and Environmental Engineering Distinguished Alumni, and then various other awards. So that kind of gives me the indication, you know what, that, Lord, I'm, you know, this was the right choice, you know, yeah. because things like that, if, if you're not doing what you're meant to do in life, I don't believe things like that happen, you know? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And you talk about that achievement. I mean, and mm-hmm. by the way, n- not a small achievement. That's a huge achievement. And congratulations on that. Yeah, you know, first you know, off, recognized by your peers. That is right. like huge. It was like huge for me. You know, when I got the call, I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. 
so with with that, how I mean, you talked a little bit about the passion and the purpose and and all that stuff, but understanding your own passion and purpose, mm-hmm. how has that guided you through your career decisions and you know achievements, like you just mentioned? How how, how has that happened? Um, knowing my passion. Well, part of it is when you know your passion, purpose, and you feel like you're going in the direction that is your purpose in life or what you're destined to do. We're all here destined to do something. It's just a matter of if we carry it out, that destiny. And what our destiny is, God is, I'm a true believer that God is going to equip us to carry it out in the Mm -hmm. manner that it should be carried out. So that all ties together for me, you know, is that, and so if you're good at what you do, then you can, from that, you can mentor other people, you can coach other people, um, you can be, a, as they say, role model or example. And right. so my goal has always been, whether it's in business or personal life, to always lead a life that's example. You know, none of us are perfect, but I'm always striving to be, you know, to lead an example and not take someone, you know, see something I'm doing and that will mislead someone else you know, or deceive them into doing something that's wrong, you know? So yeah, that's, I'm always kind of cognizant of that. I mean, like I said, none of us are going to walk through this thing perfectly, but we do the best we can, you know? And I'm honest with people like right now, you know, I went, uh, I got, um, became a certified coach, ICF certified coach. And people ask about Mm -hmm. coaching right now, you know, I'm led to, I coach people, but I do it pro bono. You know, hmm. but it has to be so so aware is discerned that I'm, this person is be coached because yeah. if you don't do that, then you'll be coaching people who don't value it. Right. It's got to be someone who values it because a lot of times people don't value something if they're not paying for it. You know, so right. I have to be very cognizant of that too. So um, I do. I typically don't do mentoring, but I actually do more coaching, and there is a difference. You know, but. I actually do more coaching because coaching ties that individual to action steps and leading themselves based on a plan that we developed together, but they have to do the work, right? Right. And right. I can't tell them or do the work for them because then they won't value it. I mean, you have to say, this is what I'm going to do. And then you carry it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit and uh, talk a little bit about coaching in in general and, and the importance behind it? Mm-hmm. Um, I know this wasn't a question that we threw out to you, but you know the passion I can tell is there about coaching and and the importance of it f- from both sides of of being a coach, but also having a coach. Can you talk a little bit about well, throughout my career? I never really had a coach, but I had mentors, and the right. people that I had as mentors, I don't even think they realized they were mentors. I may not have even realized, you know, but so I really and. I truly, you know, I, I have the certification coaching, but it probably is tied to it. You know, there is some mentoring in that because the thing yeah. people typically know of is the mentoring. So with the coaching, when I coach someone and my specialty areas that I really like to consider more like small business coaching, life transition, which is, hey, going from working in industry for someone to have your own business. That's a transition, right? You know? Or going from, you know, having children in the home to, you know, I have my own business. I'm used to doing everything, but now I don't. So, and then I've done some executive coaching too. So all that being said, you know, with the coaching, 
I like coaching because, like I said, it does have a high level of accountability for that individual, the coachee, to work. You work with them, develop action steps, but they have to carry out and do the work. So when you're coaching someone, they have to be willing to do the work. So when we coach, when I coach, it's like, okay, this is, this is the next steps. This is, you have to, what is your goal? What are we going to talk about today? What is, what is, what, how are, how are we going to get you there? But the onus of doing the work is on you. We're just developing the plan, you know? So, so everyone, you know, they have to have skin in the game because it has to be worth more to them than it does to you. Just like in the world, you can want something for someone so bad, Mm -hmm. but if they don't want it more for themselves, it's not going to happen. There's nothing you can do, right? It's a tough lesson. It really is, you know? So, and the same with coaching, you know? So the people that come to me, they're serious about what they want to do. And if you're not, I mean, it's not going to really be successful because you're not going to carry out the steps to get where you said you want to go. Exactly. I I love hearing that difference because I think a lot of times mentoring and coaching get used interchangeably and they're not really, there is a difference between the two. And I I appreciate you elaborating on that a little bit and and providing some, some clarification on that. So we talk about the secret place aspect and, and I want to talk another one of your, uh, your key areas of playing for the home team. What does that mean to you? And how does this concept apply in the professional context, and then even in the personal context. Yeah, when I wrote my book, the, the For Love and Money book in 2008, my sons were young. And um, throughout, I started my first business, actually, let me see, were they even one? They were like young toddlers, really young. <laughs> so, okay. but my goal was always to not be a stay-at-home mom necessarily, nothing against that, but I wanted to be able to work, but I want to be there and raise my children. So it's like, that's, that's tough. You know, families, I'm not, that's going to even say women, but families know that's tough, you know, and at the time, you know, um, my mother was deceased. I really didn't have a lot of extended family around and my two sisters, they were, you know, raising their own families. And one of them was actually out of state. And so, um, and my brother was deceased because I had a brother who was a veteran and about, 20 years after, actually it was like 15 years, he was actually murdered, you know? So I I didn't have a lot of extended family. So it was sort of a situation where it's like, I want to be home. I want to raise my children. I want to be able to take them to school, make them breakfast, you know, things like that. You know, and they're three years apart. So actually when I started my first business, my oldest son was probably about three. Okay. So what I did was, and, and that's a story in itself. I when I left the city of Atlanta as director of highways and streets, I you know, um, in let me see, right shortly after that, I started my PhD. But then I decided that you know I really want to go forth because I had you know quite a few years of experience by then. And then I got a call from a gentleman that I had worked with when I was an employee at Michigan Department of Transportation, and he said okay. at the time I had. My PE license, which was my professional engineering license, I had gone through undergrad, had passed the part two of the PE exam the first time, so I had that, and then I had my master's too. So he called and he said, Landry, he said, you know, they're 
you know, a lot of the companies were doing inspection services, but none of the companies look like me. None of those companies look like me. You know, they were, they were yeah. not minority companies that were getting any of that work, you know, at the time. So he said, you might want to look at, and the, the gentleman that I worked with, they, they had a big early out retirement. He said, you might want to consider looking at, you know, if you can get some work in the specs, you have all the qualifications, you have your PE license, you have all this. And so I did that. And that was the end role to starting my business. And mm. these four gentlemen that I had worked with, they were like, Belandra, we're going to come work for you to help you be successful. That's and awesome. that's what that, that was the start of it. So that was kind of like the end role. And I think, did I ask the question? I want to make sure I did, um, but the home team. So that, be, yeah. that was the end role to starting the business. Right. But then as any entrepreneur knows, there's a lot of work to start a business. Yeah. So yeah. I always had a home office so I could, you know, be there with the kids. And then when they go to, went to bed, I mean, I would, you know, work, you know, and I work yeah. while they were at school or, and they went they some, at some points went to Dacob is always like a couple of days a week. So that's how I organized it where I always had a home office. But interestingly enough, home offices are popular now, but bad then it was, I really kind of got like side looks like, yeah, you really don't have a business if you work out of your home. But I have always had a home office since day one. Even when I've had wow. outside offices, like right now I have outside office and like everybody else, you know, we most we work from our home office more. Mm-hmm. My home office has always been equipped back everything I need, you know. But yeah. that's how I started in the playing for the home team, tying to I wanna make my home successful. So but I want my business to be successful. So my business Probably at that point, I didn't grow like other people are, you know, able, hey, put all in with the business and that time factor that takes. I was not able to do that because I still had to maintain the priority that was set for me, which is my, you know, maintaining my physical, emotional health, my marriage, my family, and then the business after that. So I was like, and that was tied to, hey, I have to maintain that priority because I always have to play for the home team. And at this point, the home team needs more. Right. As opposed to the business team. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's, and that's obviously a tough decision as well, because it's, you, especially when you're starting a business, trying to, to grow that and, and making sure that you're doing the right things, but also identifying the fact that that home team. Yeah. And it was important really for me. I wanted to you know, be there in the morning because my husband, he worked and he was with the auto industry, but his job was not flexible. He had to be, he was at work at like seven and right. off at four or five, you know, so it wasn't like, so that yeah. availability wasn't there. So, but it was a pleasure. I, I'm not saying it was ever a burden. It was, you know, yeah. I mean, but it is a lot of organization has to be involved in that, but that was what was important to me. And as we go through life, I mean, things transition, then they got, got older and, you know, you know, and then they, they, um, out still take was going. Then it got to a point later, my older son, he's driving to school. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So I was a season, you know, yeah. but that was important to me. So you always have to look at what is your priority and how you carry out that priority is based on many people may not want to face this, but that's what's important to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Where, where you spend your time is, yeah. is where your priority yeah. goes. As someone who has been in leadership roles, 
and I think you kind of talked a little bit about this, but what are some often overlooked costs of being the boss? Um, lack of work-life balance is a big one. And some people use the, you know, the buzzword is balance, but I'm going to tie it back to what I just said. The bigger thing for me was lack of work-life priority. Right. That was what I had to do is if I'm saying that this is a priority, my life and my time needs to look like that's a priority. And my marriage is always important. I mean, this year, my husband and I celebrated 39 years. <laughs> you know, we've been married way over half our lifetime. So, you know, but that was important to us, you know. And, um, but yeah, so work-life balance, but more intently, work-life priority. So talk a little bit about that, the importance of family and self-time for professionals in high stress careers, which a lot of engineers, you know, they're, they're in high stress careers. And, and, you know, you talked about the priorities of, of, you know, making the family a priority during those seasons, but what's that importance of family and self-time? Like, can you talk a little bit more about that? A lot of that, as I get older and the things that I focused on that bothered me or caused stress, which is a killer, you know, because there were some illnesses I had that I definitely can attribute to stress. So I caution everybody in that. But it's tied to the older I get, you have to get to a point where you don't let certain people in <laughs> or certain issues or certain drama. You have to release yourself from that and say it's okay. And no is not a dirty word. I had to learn to say in a professional, kind way, you know, sometime. Starly, no, I'm unable to do that. <laughs> yeah. And then certain people you have to, it's not that you don't love them. It's not that you don't care about them. It's not that, you know, you have any ill will against them. But if you have someone in your life that when they walk through the room, you get a sickening feeling. Yeah. And right. do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I, I, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like you, you walk in and, you, and it's like all the air gets sucked That's out of the room right. because it just, you know, your, your body, yeah. like I, I say, yeah. tightens up. Yeah. Yeah. So it is it, just be cautious of that. And those are people, it's like nothing against them, but all relationships aren't necessarily meant for a lifetime. Some mm -hmm. are meant for a season. And I had to learn that that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's not that I don't love you. It's not that I won't pray for you. It's not that I don't care about you, but this relationship has run its course. Yeah. Right. You know, and yeah. a lot of times it's because of, you know, maybe that stress that it brings and it can be, it can be not necessarily a relationship with a person, but it can be a relationship with a company that, that yeah. works for you or you work for them. Yep. It's, it's, it's time it. to go. You have to release yourself from that and tell yourself it's okay. <laughs> you know, to do that. And when I did that, it was like, you could you almost like feel your shoulders drop. And then, but the key to that, there's one big key. When I moved to North Carolina, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit told me, and it was clear, because I was like, that's not so Latin norm. It was, I moved you out to a safe place. Don't go back and get them. Huh. And at the time I didn't really regret, but later on, I was like, I know exactly what that was because some of the people yeah. that cause the most stress or lack of support, which is stress, right? Yeah. Lack of support can be stress. They want come back in. What are you doing now? What are you doing? Well, yeah. I was very kind, but it's like, no, 
Um, not interested in that relationship. Have nothing against you. If I saw you, I speak, say hello, but that relationship has run its course. Yeah, that door got shut. Don't open it back yes, up. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Yep. I got to tell you, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, what final advice would you give to our listeners who aspire to achieve success in both their professional and personal lives? Um, develop a priority for yourself, what's important to you, and stick with it. And every morning, what I try to do is calm myself and pray for guidance throughout the day, you know, pray for loved ones, family, and then that nothing crosses my path that will steal my joy. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard, but yeah. that's my prayer every morning is 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 a, a thankful thank you for, you know, everything, but give me discernment. And help me that nothing crosses my path that will still bite you. Because things will happen in the morning that it messes up your whole day. I hate that. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's such great advice. I really appreciate you sharing about that and and really appreciate all that you've provided for us today, the wisdom uh, that that you've been able to share. Thank you so much for contacting me. I really appreciate it this time. All right, now it's time for our CE Hot Seat segment of the week Uh (laughs) with Dr. Belanger Foster. Welcome to the Hot Seat. Are you ready to go? Yes. All right. Number one, do you have any specific rituals that you practice every day? For example, specific morning ritual, lunchtime ritual, things that you do consistently on a daily basis that contribute to your you being a successful professional? Um, get up in the morning, make sure I say some type of um, scripture or a small prayer and pray for discernment and joy throughout the day and discernment for whatever crosses my path. What is one book that you recommend to engineers regularly or just one book that you have found to be extremely helpful in your professional and or your personal development? Bible and scripture, because the Bible has many books. Like if I'm having issues with wisdom, I'll try to find something in Proverbs shifts up. So, yeah. but I've read many books and and on my personal note, I really, the last, one of the books I've read is a lot history related, um, nonfiction, you know? So I like, yeah. like true stories, things like that. Yeah, so... But the, one of the main ones is because within that, I can pretty much find an answer to anything I need to get an answer to. <laughs> Great answer. I love it. Great answer. Thinking back on your managers of the past, picture your favorite manager or managers and what made them your favorite. Oh, man, there's been a few. Okay. So one was one who ended up mentoring. Is, he was one of the first um, African-American Region engineers, district engineers from Michigan Department of Transportation. His name was Alfonso Williams. Very kind gentleman that I will never forget. And the other one was Mayor Maynard Jackson. Um, he was the mayor of Atlanta. I was selecting a point as director of highways and streets. He was one of the best leaders that I ever had an opportunity to work under and envision under his leadership. And the, the programs and plans that he put in place are still having an effect to this day 30 40 years later i've got one final question mm-hmm. and that is the critical civil engineering career elevator advice question and so what this is is if you got into an elevator with a civil engineering student and had about let's say 30 to 40 seconds with them to give them some career advice what would that be if you're looking at civil engineering 
I would recommend, especially if you're looking at just entering into it, looking at it, there's various aspects, areas under that umbrella of civil. Look at the different coursework types and what those courses entail and determine what you believe that you could do as a career and love for the long term. Great advice. Great advice. I, I got to tell you, I think I could talk to you for a, a really long time, but I know your time is valuable. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Foster, for joining me today. Can you tell our listeners a little bit of how they can connect with you? Uh, my website is bbf, excuse me, bbfosterconsulting.com, www.bbfosterconsulting.com. And uh, my email is bbf my initials at bbfoster consulting.com. Thank you so much. We really appreciate well, the time. appreciate you asking me and have a wonderful holiday. Thank you so much. Thank you. Please remember you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. There you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering endeavors.